Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and we just thank you that, that we just continue to have this opportunity, Lord, to, to spend time in your presence, Lord, and spend time in your word, Father, Lord. So I pray, Father, that that as we're going through these 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 chapters in Genesis and, and, and beyond, Lord God, that we won't just look at it as stories, Father, but we will look at it as, as your story, Father, and, and what you have done for your people since time began, Lord. So, Father, I pray that we won't lose sight of that, Father, Lord. During this time, Father, I pray that it be you that is heard and not me, Father. I pray that I will fade to the background and your word will be at the forefront of our thinking right now, Lord. So we thank you for what you're doing in our lives and continue to be with us during this time in your holy, precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. All right. Get your stretch in. Genesis 21, and I am reading from the New King James Version. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the, t- at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son, Isaac, when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would, would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. Verse 8, so the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah, who saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore, she said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this, of this bondwoman shall not be heir to, with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water in the skin was used up, and she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot. For she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite of him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, what ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. So God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. 
he dwelt in the wilderness of uh, wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Verse 22. And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech the, and, and Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now, for, now therefore, swear to me by God that you will not deal falsely with me, with my offspring or with my, pros, or my, with my posterity. But that according to the kindness that I have done to you, you will do to me and to the land in which you have dwelt. And Abraham said, I swear. Then Abraham rebuked Abimelech because of a well of water, which Abimelech's servants had seized. And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, nor had I heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech. And the two of them made a covenant. And Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. Then Abimelech asked Abraham, what is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs which you have set by themselves? And he said, you will take these seven ewe lambs from my hand, that they may be my witness that I have dug this well. Therefore, he called that place Beersheba, because the two of them swore an oath there. Thus, they made a covenant at Beersheba. So Abimelech rose with Phicol, the commander of his army, and they returned to the land of the Philistines. Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. Then Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines many days. Amen, amen, amen. Get your stretch in. Get your bustello in. So a lot happening in this, this chapter of Genesis. It begins and says, and the Lord visited Sarah. It says, as he had spoken. It took, it took a long time. For, for the son of promise to come to pass. It took about 25 years for when God first told Abraham that he would bless him with a son. When God first told Abraham that he would have many descendants. 25 years for a promise. Can you guys imagine waiting 25 years for a promise? You know, it's no wonder halfway through, you know, Sarah was like, listen, man, I'm going to take my servant go get a son. You know what I'm saying? 25 years is a long time, but God was faithful to his promise. God's promises never fail. We sing the song, you know, God's promises never fail. And the promise of a son was not fulfilled because Abraham was perfect in his obedience. We know from the scripture we've already read, Abraham was not perfect. He was a man of faith, and the Bible continues to attest to that he was a man of faith, but he was not perfect. No man is perfect. Okay. We all mess up all the time. Okay. Yeah. I can have the most faith in the world. God has blessed me exceedingly. If God tells me he's going to do something at this point in my life, I'm going to believe him because of what he's done already for me. However, that does not make me perfect. That does not mean that I'm going to fall. I'm not going to uh, question. I'm not going to, um, you know, have the thoughts of like, well, how can I help God? Like Abraham did. Abraham was not perfect in his obedience, but because, but the, but the, the promise happened because God was faithful to his word. You see, some promises of God are, are conditional and depend on something that we must do. And, and other promises of God are unconditional and God will fulfill them, not because of what we do, but because of who he is. Not because of what we do, but because of who he is. Okay, God always makes a way. And then, you know, Isaac was, was born and he named him Isaac. And Isaac means laughter. 
Isaac means laughter. And, and originally the, you know, the, the name Isaac laughter was meant as something as, of a rebuke of the laughter of Abraham and Sarah. When, when, when the angel of the Lord, Jesus, and the, and the two other angels came down and continued to, to confirm the promise and, and Sarah laughed, you know, so it was, it was, it was kind of like a, like a, like a poke, you know, you know, but God turned a gentle rebuke into an occasion for joy. Isaac came and brought joy because this was, was the son of promise. They had waited so long for. Imagine Abraham's joy when he had, when he held Isaac in his, in his hand, in his hands, and, and he, he held him up to the Lord and, you know, he circumcised him and did all the things that he had to do. With it. And God confirmed, this is the son you've been waiting for. This is what you've been waiting for. Isaac becomes this wonderful type or, or picture of the Messiah that was going to come through Isaac, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, right? This is a type and a picture of who Jesus is because both were, 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 were sons of promise. Both are, are you know, are, were, were concepted um, through miracles. Both were born after a period of delay, a period of waiting. Both mothers were given the assurance of, of truth, of, of God's um, all, being all-powerful. Both were given names of meaning before they were born. Both births occurred at the appointed time. That's key, the appointed time, because God doesn't always tell us the appointed time. More often than not, God says, this is going to happen. If you are faithful, I will do this. But he never, he doesn't always tell us when this is going to happen. I would argue more often than not, he doesn't tell us when it's going to happen. He just says, be faithful, remain faithful, right? I've been faithful to you, be faithful to me. And then finally, both births, Isaac and eventually Jesus were accompanied by great joy and celebration. It goes on to say that the, the child grew when he was weaned, you know, and, and some say that, you know, it, different ancient translations, you know, what was the age of weaning, you know, some say 12, some say five, most reliable researchers say it's around three years old, the child was, was weaned, but the bottom line is that the child was young, right? And it says in verse nine, and Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, scoffing. So Ishmael, Isaac's older brother was scoffing. He was making fun. He was doing whatever kid punk kids do, right? All right, let's just say he was a punk, punk kid being a punk kid, but it bothered Sarah, right? It bothered Sarah. So, so this conflict between the two sons was inevitable, right? Now, if it was a different family and two different sons with a 13-year age gap, perhaps, there wouldn't be this, this uh, conflict. But knowing the, the, how, how important Abraham was and his family and this promise that God placed on him, this conflict was inevitable, all right? 13-year age gap, but there was going to be conflict. And, and Abraham found it hard to agree with Sarah's complaint. You know, and, you know, because uh, eventually, you know, it's like, cast them out. Verse 10 says, cast them out. Because he didn't want to reject his son, Abraham, you know, and, and notice this conflict came from Ishmael to Isaac. Okay. 
So let's say Isaac, let, let's say the, you know, some beliefs that Isaac was around 12 when he was weaned, right? And then there was this conflict happened. Doesn't say, you know, one pre-teenage boy was in conflict with the older brother. This conflict came because of what Ishmael was doing. Ishmael was the one who was scoffing at Isaac. Galatians 4, um, in Galatians 4, Paul used this conflict as an illustration of the conflict between those who were born of the promise and those who were born of the flesh. See, in Galatians 4, uh, Jewish legalists, they, they, had, they, um, they troubled the Galatians and protested that, the, that they were the children of Abraham. And so they were the blessed ones, right? The Christians weren't the blessed ones. Right, the true, you know, the ones who abided by the law of Moses, they were the blessed ones. And Paul admitted that they were sons of Abraham. They were indeed sons of Abraham. But they were like Ishmael, not like Isaac. You know, and Paul asked them, Who's your mother? They said, We are the sons of Abraham. We, you know, we are the ones that, that count. We're the ones that matter. So he says, Who is your mother? Who was your mother, Hagar or Sarah? You see, Ishmael was born of a slave. Ishmael was born according to the flesh, while Isaac was born of a free woman, and Isaac was born of the promise. See, legalists, they, they promoted a relationship with God based on bondage according to the flesh, based on the acts that they did, based on following the law of Moses, right? But the true gospel of grace offers liberty in Jesus and is a promise that we receive by faith. Come on, that's something we need to really understand, okay? This, 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 this conflict between Ishmael and Isaac, and, and we, we see it even today between, you know, the Arabs and, and the Jewish people, and we see it between um, Islam and Christianity and Judaism. This is all based on we claim to be the sons of Abraham, but they are the sons of Hagar, not the sons of Sarah. Even as, as, as Ishmael and his descendants have persecuted, they persecuted Isaac and his descendants, we should not be surprised that the modern people who follow God, you know, but they rely on wisdom. They rely on, uh, on, on their strength of, of knowing what the Bible is. See, this, does, this, this conflict does, doesn't just happen amongst the Arabs and the Jews. It didn't just happen amongst Ishmael and Isaac. This happens within the church today. People who, who rely on what they know. They rely on the rules of the Bible. You know, they don't really have a relationship with God. You know, but they have that, that, that they, they sit and they sit where they sit at church and nobody better sit there Order Ooh. service happens like this and it better not change. You know, you, this better not happen. That, that better not happen. And it's not their, 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 their relationship with God is based on rules and legalities, but our faith in God needs to be based on the promise of who he is faith in who he is, the grace that he, that Jesus Christ has given us. That is what our, our belief needs to be based on. And, and so Abraham, he's struggling. He's struggling because Sarah told him to do this. Right. And, and, and I bet he was thinking from back in the day when the first time Sarah had said, get rid of this chick, get rid of her. I don't want her in my house no more. And how God rebuked him and how he, you know, and, 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 uh, Hagar came back, right? Because at that point, Abraham made a decision to please his wife, 
not what God told him to do, but to please his wife. And that's why he set her out. But he, so he goes to God and God says, whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. Men, our wives offer wise counsel, right? But our wives counsel as amazing as it is, can't be the final straw of, of our, our decision-making. God needs to be the final straw. God needs to be the one that says, yes, do this. No, don't, don't do that. You know, perhaps Ishmael, uh, excuse me, Abraham didn't want to give up Ishmael because he considered um, Ishmael as like a backup plan. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm, I'm spitballing here. Perhaps he saw, he saw Ishmael, you know, if something happens to Isaac, there would always be Ishmael, you know, there would still be a, a, a son, but God did not want Abraham to trust in a backup plan. To, to trust in a backup son. God wanted Abraham to trust him completely and totally. And Abraham might have been, been tempted to reject Sarah's counsel just because, you know, it was Sarah who offered it and because of what happened before. But instead, he sought the Lord in the matter. He, he sought God. What do I do? You know, do I do what Sarah suggested? So he did it without feeling, feeling, you know, he didn't want to just, just give in to Sarah's demands. He sought God. So he sent her away in verse 14. God's solution was clear. Get rid of the son of flesh. Push the son of flesh out, right? There was no, there wasn't going to be any reconciliation with the flesh. No peaceful coexistence. The son of flesh must simply be put away forever. And the solution is the same in our own battle between trusting in the flesh and trusting in the Holy Spirit. Law and grace cannot live together as principles in our Christian life. They can't. Law and grace cannot coexist. So there's, there's no question that we belong to the free, not to the slave. If you belong to grace and you've allowed grace to, to change your life, then you are free. But if you belong to the law and you allow the law to rule your life, you will always be a slave. So she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. It may have been, it may have seemed kind of uh, uh, ruthless or wicked for Abraham to do this, you know, but it is exactly what God wanted and exactly how it needed to happen. Flesh and blood don't always make the strongest bond that God wants us to honor. So, and there's no circumstance where we can do nothing other than put away family for the glory of God. Some of you may have people in your life that are keeping you bound to the flesh, bound to your sin. And, I'm, and, and it may come to a point where you got to say, listen, it's not about our relationship. It's about my relationship with above my relationship to God. That is what matters to me. That is the most important relationship in my life. God wants us to be ruthless, ruthless with, with the flesh. Galatians 5.24, and then those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we are, if, if we are Christ, the things of this world don't matter. The flesh of this world does not matter. We've crucified it. We've given it to God. So Abraham, he was a wealthy man. At this point, he was really, really rich. And he gave, he gave him some bread and a skin of water. 
Now you would think that Abraham had a whole lot more provisions he could have given them than a loaf of bread and a skin of water, right? You know, he gave them, he gave them a, a pack of Wonder Bread and, you know, a little 16 ounce bottle of water. And he was like, hey, go, go into the desert, you know, hope for the best, you know. But Abraham realized that it didn't matter what he gave them, what provisions, how much, because he probably could have loaded them up with, you know, donkeys and all this stuff, with all the supplies. But he knew it didn't matter how much he gave them. If God wasn't there, if God wasn't supporting them, it wouldn't matter. Without God's help, no matter what he gave them, it would never be enough. But with God's help, things would turn out all right. And eventually the water was used up. And they, they came to a, a bush and, and he, she, she places the boy under the bush and she goes off a little bit from a distance so she can, she can cry out to God. Right? But then what's interesting, it says in verse 17, God heard the voice of the lad. So as, as Hagar lifted her voice and wept, God answered. But, you know, but interestingly, he responded to the voice of the lab instead of Hagar and her weeping. So, so at some point, Ishmael must have cried out to the Lord for help. And God said, fear not to Hagar, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Despite the desperate problem in the wilderness, God's promise gave Hagar and Ishmael a reason to fear not. Fear not. God showed special favor to Ishmael because, because he was a descendant of Abraham. He still showed favor. Ishmael wasn't the son of promise. Ishmael was born out of the flesh. Ishmael was born out of the sin. But God still showed favor. What's that tell you, brothers and sisters? It doesn't matter what you have done in your life. It doesn't really matter what sin you've committed. God will still show you favor. If you cry out to him, Ishmael, born out of sin, the son of the flesh, was not promised anything, but he still cried out to God, and God heard his voice. And God goes on to say, I will make him a great nation. Though he wasn't the son that was going to receive the covenant promise, God also was not against Ishmael. Sending God saying, send them away, wasn't a sign that God was against Ishmael. He wanted whatever happens to Ishmael happens to Ishmael. No, he, he still was for him. And the descendants of, of Ishmael become a great nation. And we see that in the, 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 the Arab people. They become a great nation. Right, the 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 religion of, of, of Islam is a, a huge huge religion that came from the descendants of Ishmael. Right, and those people and, and, and the the followers of Islam they believe in God too. Now it's not our same God, although they claim to be, but they are a huge nation. And then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water, whether, whether it was a miracle that the, that the well appeared before them or it was always there. And finally, she was able to see it. But see, the point is that God provided. God provided in, the, in their darkest time, in their most desolate time, when they were in the wilderness, nothing around them. They had no food, no water. God provided for Hagar and Ishmael. 
So God was with the lad, verse 20. And the, this idea is emphasized that God was not against Ishmael and his descendants. God was with them. And he also had a promise for his future. Even though we mess up, we try to help God. God may punish us. God may, God may uh, you know, come against us for certain things, but he will always make a way. So moving on from that story, we go back to Abimelech, okay? Uh, verse 22, um, Abimelech, you know, talks about he spoke to Abraham. This probably wasn't the same Abimelech that we talked about yesterday in Genesis 20. Because again, Abimelech was, was the title of the ruler of the Canaanite people. And, um, and it wasn't a specific name. And he goes, he said, God be with you in all that you do. Uh, Abimelech noticed this because Abraham's integrity and because of the blessing evident in his life. It was evident in Abraham's life that God was with him. Based on everything he had, all of his blessings, it was, it was, it was, it was clear as day that God was with him. Charles Spurgeon writes, I think that the greatest blessing God ever gives to a man is his own presence. If I had my choice of all the blessings of this life, I certainly should not ask for wealth, for that can bring no ease. And I certainly should not ask for popularity, for there is no rest to the man upon whose words men constantly wait. And it is a hard task one has to perform in such a case as that. But I should choose as my highest honor to have God always with me. Don't seek treasures. Don't seek fame. Don't seek popularity. Don't seek to be rich. Don't seek the latest car. Don't seek a biggest house. Don't seek, don't seek. The only thing that you need to seek is the presence of God. That is when things happen. That is when a difference can be made. The presence of God and people who probably have no idea who God is will recognize you. Abimelech. Abimelech, who was not a follower of God, but recognized God through the life of Abraham. We all walk throughout our day. We interact with people, co-workers, family, friends, you know, walk into the crazy Wawa parking lot to try to get you a sizzly. And we deal with crazies all the time, right? But God, they won't recognize you for your car. That's fleeting. That doesn't matter. But if you have the Holy Spirit on you, if you have God in your life, we carry ourselves different, right? Because we're children of God. So I'm going to encourage you as a child of God, and I'm trying not to get riled up because baby girl's still sleeping upstairs. But I'm telling you, if you have God in your life and when you're walking and you have that, that confidence that God is with you, you look different. You walk different. You act different and people will notice. And it may not be right away, but I'm telling you, at some point, someone's going to come to you and we're like, what is going on with you? One point in your life, you were downtrodden, you were depressed, you were, you were sick, you were scared, all this stuff. But look at you, you have a confidence in you. What happened? What changed? What self-help book did you read? What guru did you go to? Is that the next Pilates class? What, what is it about you that has changed you? And you can say with utmost confidence, it's nothing but my Savior, Jesus Christ, in my life. It is the Holy Spirit working through me because I am the hands and feet of Jesus. So wherever I go, he goes with me. Wherever my my feet touch, he is walking with me. That is what's different. And Abimelech saw that in Abraham. A foreign king, a foreign ruler saw a 
a, a difference in Abraham. And as I close, brothers and sisters, you each have that difference in you. You each, each have God in you. And you will be recognized. You will be recognized by those around you. And especially by those who know you best, your family, your friends. And when you, when you really allow yourself to, for, for the Holy Spirit to do a work in you, there will be a change. And check this out. You may not be recognized for a whole lot of years. Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years for the son of the promise to come. Some of you guys have been praying for years and years and years of something. You've been serving for the, serving the Lord for years and years and years. And it seems like it's made no difference. No one cares. It does matter. And there is someone who cares. God above cares because he's watching and he's taking note and he's keeping a record of what's going on. And his name will be glorified. One way or another, his name will be glorified. So brothers and sisters, as I close... Genesis 21, I'm telling you, walk a little straighter. Puff your chest out. Put your shoulders back because you are a child of God. You are a son or a daughter of God. Walk with confidence. Walk with confidence. Realize who you are. That's right, Tara. Chin up, chest out. Let's go. Don't be cocky. All right, don't be cocky. Don't, don't, don't get a big head about this. But, but walk in confidence. We've been doing this soap since forever now, right? The 6 a.m. Zuma. We're getting in here. We're, we're getting into the word. I'm telling you right now, those of you who get onto this soap, get onto the Zoom call, listen to the, the podcast later on, you have the word of God that you have been etching onto your heart every single day. You have the promises of God on your life. You know what they are. Don't walk around thinking, I don't know the Bible. I bet, bet. I bet if I ask you, okay, what did we learn about Genesis 21? You're going to know. What did Pop say yesterday on Genesis 20? Oh, he, he said this. You have the word of God in your heart. God's promises are yes and amen. And that is a promise that we can stand on with the utmost confidence. Amen. Amen. Let me get off here because I'm about to go. Let's listen, Nicole, I'm about to go crazy and they don't want me. You know, I know y'all got to go to work and y'all got to do your things. Listen, I love you guys. This word is so, 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 so important. Just that simple fact that Abimelech recognized that God was in Abraham's life. Abimelech who didn't worship God, didn't serve God, but he recognized God. Those who have no idea what this Christian walk is are going to notice something different about you. And when they come to you, be prepared. Be ready to share the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. I thank you for, for, for stories like this, Abimelech and Abraham, that aren't just stories, Father. They were true things, real things that happened, Father, and that everything points to you. How if we serve you diligently, we serve you with faith, Father, that we will find favor. And even if no one on this earth finds favor in us, Father, Lord, you have found favor in us and you will honor us and you will bless us. So thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our lives. Be with us as we go throughout our week, Father. 
be with us at our, at our various services from fight night to, to Sunday service, everything that's going on, Lord God, just continue to bless us and be with us, Father. Lord, if we're going through all the, this life and we don't have your presence, it's for nothing. It means nothing if your presence isn't with us. So, Father, we welcome your presence to be a continual uh, 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 existence in our life, Father. We praise you for what you were doing, and we thank you. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen and amen.